everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Today, but my co-host Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, here we go. This episode is one that I feel like I'm qualified to talk about. Yeah, um, probably something near and dear to your heart. Well, you know, it's like some guests. I feel like a little bit, you know, uh, not qualified to talk. To <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, I always do my research, of course. But, right. Yeah. You know, some topics that we've addressed have been uh, like things I was not really that familiar with before we started putting the episode together. But this is not one of those. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about Mystery Meets 2.0. We are, which is, you know, my business. That I started this year. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? We talked. We've talked about this a little bit, and everything seems to be going okay. Well, we are. It's interesting that you call this episode 2.0 because we are doing show 2.0. If you want to think of it that way, um, we did close out the reveal, which is what we uh, talked about in our first episode of Mystery Meets. Yeah. Um, so now we are getting ready this coming Saturday, the 7th of October, uh, to open our second show, which we now can say the title of. Can you believe it? All right. Well, what is it? Because I have been calling it Halloween Script, if you remember. Yes, yes, I remember. Okay. It is called The Game of Holmes. <laughs> Holmes as in... Uh, you know, like where you live. Oh, um, oh, I'm thinking like H O. Oh, I was thinking like H O L M S, like the name Holmes. Oh yeah. Like Sherlock well, Holmes. Yeah, you know that could work too, um, because a good detective would fit into this. But yeah, no, um, you know it is about um, a couple who are carrying over from the. Rebell, who were very popular with the audience, mm -hmm. uh, and I think we interviewed them in our first episode. But this is Carrie and Howard; uh, they're a rich couple, and they buy this beautiful home, older home, only to discover that they're not the only ones who live there. Ah, yes, there are ghosts among <laughs> us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, the game then uh, is the battle between the ghost and Howard and Terry to see who gets to live there. And guess who gets to live there? Um, I don't know. Well, that's good because, you know, I would not tell you the ending anyway. <laughs> Uh, but the, the great thing is the um, audience gets to decide who lives there. 
Hmm. So every show could have a different ending, potentially. All right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, keeping it real. So what issues did you have when you were putting this one together versus the first one? Or were, well, was, it know, a, was it a lot of the same thing? Um, I was hearing a lot of voices um, for this one as we, you know, were writing the script. So, um, a lot of voices? Go. Yeah, you know, like, and, and there is a lot of chatter going on in my mind and, um, you know, around me. Um, so I channeled that into the script. Um, oh. You know, and, and that's kind of where the ghosts come in oh no i was thinking more like the you know the <laughs> issues with like the business end of things <laughs> not like the well, script you know i'm only kidding like i, I really was not hearing voices <laughs> it, i mean you know no more than usual like, right yeah you you know how it is with writing yeah uh i will say uh as far as hearing voices like howard and terry the actors that play them um, when I'm writing certain lines for them, I do hear their voices like saying the lines because, you know, they brought the characters to life. So right. there is a distinct voice. And so, um, you know, I, I can say that I do hear those voices. But in general, you know, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I do. Like when I'm writing something, I like. And, you know, after I've been writing a character for a little while, I mean, I start to hear their voice as well. I mean... Yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you know, like you start out with this person talking a certain way and, you know, you have to try and make them sound the same all the way through. So, like, what would they say in this situation or... You know, how would they say it, or what would they do, what would their actions be, and that sort of thing. So, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and it would, you know, seem highly unusual if, you know, all of a sudden they started talking, like, way different. Like, yeah, Elmer yeah. or something, you know, for no reason. And right. you'd be like, oh my gosh, stop it, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is interesting for writers, because I think when you talk about that to people that don't write, they might think it sounds very strange, but you know it really seems quite normal um, when you write a lot. Yeah, um, you know there there are characters in Love and Jello when I was writing that that uh, you know that stood out in their mannerisms and things that they did, um, kind of you know stuck with me and it made it easier to write because you can imagine what that person is like. Yeah, and I think, you know, anytime, whether it's writing a play or a novel that has a lot of dialogue, um, which, you know, I only read things that have dialogue. Um, right. I can't read description and all that. <laughs> right over it. Um, but, um, you know, that lends itself. I mean, that is people talking. You're writing what they say. So it only makes sense that you would, um, you know, kind of hear that in your mind as to, um, you know, what it sounds like, and you get to know characters, um, you know, and, and you even, like, I feel like love some of them more than others, you know, like, you grow fond or attached to 
certain characters. You mean as a writer or as a reader? Oh, uh, definitely. Well, I think it's both if you like to read. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we know you don't. but I, mean... I don't like to read. But, um, you, you know, as a writer, there are definitely some characters that um, that I, I become attached to. Do you think that, I mean, I guess that's the mark of a well-written, you know, play or book or something where, you know, you start to, I don't know, you start to, feel something for the characters, I guess. I mean, you know, I know that I'm going to kill them off uh, because it's inevitable, <laughs> yeah. but it hurts me, you know, like when they say this is going to hurt me more than it does you. Yeah. It's kind of like that, you know, um, but then I just like, it's like when I went fishing, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to catch a fish and uh, I, I was good at like, putting the worms on so that was my one skill i'm not and i like to cast i don't really even want the fish i just want to say i've done it um but you know i was like okay fit you know okay worm um you know just stuck the hook through it and killed it you know put it on there <laughs> whatever so it's like that with riding <clears throat> I love them, and then I'm just like, okay, maybe I should have been a black widow. I don't know. Yeah, you know? something. But I mean, yes, I, I, I do think it's like if you've developed a character and you've spent a lot of time figuring that character out, I do think it only makes sense that you would you would become like attached to them and feel a lot of the things that they feel. Uh, and I know people think you're like creating it, and in a sense you are, but in another sense, we've talked about this before, it's almost like the character is telling you what they want to happen and what they want to do. Like, they're writing it, really. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, they're certainly when I'm writing things, some of the, you know, I think they're going to go in one direction and they kind of go in another because... That's just the way that the character develops, you know. Yep. Kind of like they just have a mind of their own, um, and you're the channel or the medium for it. So. Yeah. Do you think it's more that you're... So how much of yourself do you write into characters? So I will say that, like, you know, there are times where I feel like I'm writing the emotions that I feel. Yeah. Uh, into something and I'll set out to do that like it's a way of um, you know like when my parents died or when something like that happens like a lot of me went into writing you know a poem in this case it was a poem for both of them right. so that was the emotion that I was feeling the like truthful things about myself you know I, I don't generally think I'm putting into characters that much but I will say, um, you know, Gorilla Girl had been written for several years. Right. Uh, and we had a reading, uh, was it last year, I want to say? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and that wasn't the first reading of it, but this one in particular is what sparked me uh, in my answer for your question, and that is, I noticed a lot more qualities about myself uh, in the character of Catherine right. uh, than I ever imagined were there. So, oh, you mean like seeing it performed and 
Uh, or just reading through it again after so long. Uh, it was the reading. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the discussion at the end when people were discussing things, you know, about yeah. that character, I was thinking, like, wow. You know, I did not recognize that um, when I was writing it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I feel like maybe subconsciously there's stuff that is there that is me, but I intentionally am not writing it that way. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm not, I mean, just from my own perspective, I mean, I, I tend to use stories from, you know, things that have happened to me or things that I know of that have, you know, happened in other people's lives and things like that. Um, I have written in, things like that into into plays and some of the uh, stories and stuff that I've written. Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, you know, the emotion part of it, I don't know, maybe a little bit here and there. I mean, it is an interesting thing, too, because, you know, you, you're only human, and I think just think like some of you comes out the way the way you express yourself or the way you choose to include information i mean that's all personal yeah that's uh, true. choices yeah. so um I, I would say there's probably a good deal of of myself and of you uh, you know when you're writing a lot of times I'll think like, you know, and, and I guess that's the thing though, too, is like, so this character was named Catherine and people automatically, that's the danger of it, I think, is that people start thinking everything you write oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. is about you yeah. and, you know, uh, and sometimes I've had this discussion with you, like I'll read something and I'll be like, you know, I think that's you. <laughs> Uh, and you'll be like, no, no, you know, I wasn't like this one isn't, you know, yeah. not not me uh, in particular. But, you know, I it's easy for I think it's easy for the reader um, to assume that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know some people have read Love and Jello and, you know, I mean, I, I wrote myself into the book. I mean, not any any for any other reason than to have a, a younger character than the rest of them that were in there and um i also wrote my father into the book and some of the things that i know about him and uh that you know so there's a i guess in that regard there's a little bit of me in there um but i mean as far as some of the other characters go i think there might be some things in the other characters that I put in there. Yeah, like heart-shaped box is the one you know that I, I'm reading recently of what you've written, mm -hmm. uh, which I want you to finish so much so I can you know like see how it <laughs> see how the story ends. Yeah. yeah, because you know I've got my ideas, um, but you know I I do see like uh, things that I think are you, and. So I'm one of those people, you know, being like, yeah, that's mad. I know that's mad. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, those characters in that book, um, yeah, I don't think they were written with 
me in mind or like you know any of my like life stories or anything like that I just think it it I mean that that book in particular I mean I started it based on a story prompt and uh right. um it just kind of went in whatever direction it went I mean I didn't didn't really plan it out and I'm not thinking like oh you know this happened to me so I have to put that in there or, you know something like <laughs> this happened to someone else or whatever I mean none of that I don't think any of the characters or um any of that is related to me well it's interesting you know because I I mean you are not really that emotional of a you know, person like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're not going to call me up crying and uh, mm, you know, things not, like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, well, you haven't in five years. So I'm thinking <laughs> chances <laughs> are <laughs> there's been a lot of things, you know, you like, we could have cried about, yeah, um, yeah, but sure. only one of us was crying. So, um, <laughs> you know, what's that tell you? Yeah. So, you know, I, but I do think that happens a lot that readers will read something and especially, you know, if it's like uh, interesting or juicy or yeah. maybe it's um, something they already are thinking. And then it's like, aha, you know, there's proof of that. She I mean, really is crazy or uh, she really yeah, is, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, there, um, I'm sure there is some of that. So don't write, you know, like when I wrote about suicide. Um, you yeah, know, I like, mean, you can't take everything literally. I mean, that's, right. you know, because... And you can't write everything literally either, so. Right. Well, because, you know, I would be like a suicidal. Um, yeah, depressive. Yeah, dog, ma manic depressive. Prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you, it just doesn't all happen like that. So I would just say to people that, you know, I, while I think that there's a little bit of the writer in everything they write. Um, it doesn't mean that the story per se um, is that person. Uh, it's just, you know, the choices that they make and yeah. the way they write. I mean, that I, has elements. Yeah, I would say that there are elements of everyone, you know, every writer in everything that they write. But, I mean, it's up to... The reader to sort of decipher what they will from it I mean you know you know I think we should put that on our list like we should write um because we have a like a, for the listeners we have like a list of a hundred thousand million topics that we're <laughs> gonna write about, but we could just add this one be like a hundred thousand million and one yeah um you know like writers that um are, are trying to write a story that has like nothing about them in it. And so every time they write something, then they're like, Oh no, we can't include that because you know, once when I was four years old, I like broke my finger, you know, whatever. So no, you know, we can't do a broke finger. Right. So that, that I mean, be kind of funny. if you, you know, if you think about it, like even if you're writing a story about animals or something and you know, um, the animals were the characters then like certain elements of the animals would probably be influenced by 
something in your life or something. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And, you know, it's interesting you say this because I have not told you this yet, but I had plans to. Um, I was thinking, like, you know, if we were animals, you would be the cat. I would be a dog. Um, even though I'm cat, I would be a dog. Why would and you say you, that? Oh, because I'm so like loyal and loving, and you know, like <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. You know, like that. Right, and um, I'm just up on the on the shelf knocking shit off. <laughs> well, you know how cats they they can be loving too. But um, then they're like, when they don't want to like be bothered with you, yeah. they don't want to be bothered with you. Like you, you know, you need your um, space, your time, mm-hmm. like by yourself. Uh, and I'm a dog, like you know, oh, you know, just let me like be here and stare at you, or <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's very interesting, like how different. Um, animals, you know, would portray characteristics of us, I think. You know, I mean, we could probably pick other animals, but yeah. that just came to my mind the other day, and I was like, that is so funny because, you know, I'm a dog. Name <laughs> <laughs> <And> cat. <laughs> cat dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're a cat named Matt. <laughs> All right. I anyway. think we got off the rails there, but yeah, so, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, so um, anyway, getting back to mystery meets. Uh, <laughs> so this is this episode is with um, Kim, who has written the. Yes, Kim Miller. Um, she is an actress in the in the original The Reveal, right. and also she's carrying over into our second show as we have said, the game of homes. Um, but in addition to that, she is also a co-writer. So we have Michael Radford. Um, you know, on the, on the reveal, it was Michael and myself that's, that wrote the first script uh, yep. like 10 years ago or whatever. Then you joined in. Um, yep. And then when we had to do, you know, major rewrites so we could go forward, um, Kim Miller joined mm-hmm. and um, so we have her today as a guest and we also have um, Brooke Stansberry and Brooke uh, is a wonderful actress um, she like walked right out of my head you know basically um, she's just very very talented mm-hmm. you know she also writes um, she just has not joined in the writing team of uh, writing for Mystery Meets yet but yeah, so it's two very talented actresses that we have on today. All right. Well, I guess we should talk to them and uh, hear what they have to say about Mystery Meets. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's going to, you know, I mean, I'm going to be interviewing, too, uh, and some of the things, like, obviously, I'll already know, but I'll be curious to see, like, what do I learn from each of them that I didn't know before this interview. All right. Well, here we go. Let's find out. Kim and Brooke, I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. We are so excited to have you both. (laughs) Woohoo. Thank you. Thank you for having us. 
Well, this is an exciting episode because uh, both of you are very significant to me. And um, Mystery Meets is also very significant. So uh, two things that I love to talk about and with two great people to discuss. But I'd like first to get your backstories a little. Uh, Kim, let's start with you. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a village in uh, northwestern Illinois. Um, it's called Erie. And the closest city is Moline, Illinois, that most people know because it's the international home of John Deere. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so um, theater, when did it begin for you growing up in um what were the opportunities that you had in your village? Well, we had a few. I mean, there's, of course, there's church and doing the Christmas pageant. And then we did a play in eighth grade and we did plays in high school. And I sort of did, I did some theater in college, but it really became important to me after I saw the work of a dramaturg on a production of School for Scandal. And I was completely amazed at the work that she had done and what she'd been able to offer the actors. And so when I went to graduate school, I mentioned to a professor of mine, I was really interested in dramaturgy and she hooked me up with the theater program. And that's where I've been ever since. Well, that's really amazing. What was it about, um, you know, about observing the work that she put in? What was it about that that, um, was so magical to you well it was a small liberal arts school and so i knew all the theater people i'd been to all of their productions and you you know people's habits you know the way they present themselves on stage and to be honest i'd i'd gotten a little bored because i'd seen all this work before it didn't matter the play it was kind of the same work i mean which is what you expect at working at that level and I was asked by the school paper to go and review this production of School for Scandal. And I knew who was on stage, but I did not know who was on stage. These were completely different people. And what really was interesting was um, the men in the play, when they walked, they would, when they walked forward, they would slightly point their toe, very stylized way of, you know, making a point of the fact that they are walking. And at each intermission, the audience were either consciously or subconsciously trying to mimic that. <laughs> and I thought, this is amazing. It's like the world is completely different than wow. the world it was when I went into the theater. Well, and I'm sure that um, your what you wrote reflected that, I would Definitely. Yeah. It did. It did. Well, Brooke, what about you? Did you grow up in a village or uh, near John Deere or tell us your story? Well, I am from the international home of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I grew up in Kentucky and um, I was really fortunate as far as um uh, theater goes, uh, there was a, a, a college called Sue Bennett College that had a community theater program. And C.C. Kennison, better known as Doc Kennison, uh, was a 
you know, the resident artist there and director for many, many years. And, and Liz Michaels <laughs> was also there. And, um, you know, uh, my very first role was a, a Cratchit child and, um, you know, the, the Christmas, play, uh, Christmas Carol and, uh, moved on up to, you know, some meteor roles. Um, and so community theater was a big, big part of my life, uh, growing up. And then, uh, when I was in high school, uh, there really wasn't a very robust theater program, uh, at that time, but I did, uh, audition and was chosen for governor's school for the arts and um that was a kind of big deal to be sort of from a podunk town uh, to get to go to uh to gsa because most of the people there were from like scapa or or other um magnet schools for the arts sure uh, yeah so in college i didn't really um I didn't really do uh, much theater, but uh, um, when I came back home, I was teaching school, and uh, the school that I was at in Laurel County had a, a, a theater program that already existed, and um, it was being directed uh, by one of the community theater uh, people. So like, you know, we were like, Oh my gosh, yay, we work together again. Let's, let's do this. And so we, um, we worked together for many years and then Mary Oliver and I worked for, for many years together. <clears throat> and then when I, uh, I switched districts eventually and uh, we started a children's, an elementary uh, theater program, Lindsay Baker and I did. So um, I've been very fortunate to have just some like really neat people uh, come in and out of my life, some, you know, kindred spirits. And I definitely count to you as one of those, uh, Miss Kat. Yeah. And, you know, just, uh, and I teach school uh, every day. So I've got to, you know, pretty much do everything but a strip tease to keep everybody's attention. So <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, uh, I act and I uh, make things fun and that's when I didn't get discovered to be a movie star you know teaching yes. was, was yeah. a great was a great alternative it was <laughs> a fun backup plan to be able to do lots of different things well you know I think it shows really good judgment that you stopped short of the striptease and education <laughs> uh, while still keeping everything fun well you know we're not Florida <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's, this is a good question. And for the most part, you know, I'm keeping my self out of the, um, uh, like, I don't know any of this information, but I will interject just a little for this one, Matt, because as you know, I am very persistent, probably <laughs> that's the one word I think, well, there could be others, but <laughs> there's probably that's probably one word i think a lot of people might use to describe me sure maybe not always in a good way uh, because sure. you, you can be persistent <laughs> about what you want and some people might not like that however you know starting this business i will have to say um even with that persistence that i've always had um Without these two, um, they come along at different points, but 
um, they've kind of been the saving grace, I think. Oh. Um, wow. Were those moments where even the persistent one, um, you know, was just about ready to throw in the towel. And I don't ever say that, you know. You know I really don't. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. So um, we'll start with Brooke um, because Brooke is a kindred spirit that I met. Uh, she was working at the newspaper as the editor. And so I just knew from the beginning that she was going to be somebody I connected with. And we had this plan, you know, we would always talk about, like, I was at Subway once, coming out of Subway, and she was pulling in or going through the parking lot, and she, like, parked just, like, right in the middle of the parking lot and, and just, like, jumped out, and she's like, hey, you know, so... um I just and and we just always wanted to do theater. Like we we were going to make some kind of community theater happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Brooke moved away, and you know, like you entered the picture. Um, we started a podcast. You know, all these things happened. My yep. mom passed passed away. So you know how life is. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't get to see Brooke really anymore in any parking lots or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, I got the idea for Mystery Meets, and we talked about on the first episode of that, the controversy that we had and, you know, um, the rewriting of the script. Yeah. And that's where Kim comes into the picture. Uh, for the first time, at least, because, you know, had she not agreed to, like, step in and also to, like, help in rewriting that part of the script um, and making it into something that, um, you know, would be not perceived. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, my feelings that yeah, it yeah. never was. To, needed to be corrected, but it had to be um, for the sake of moving forward. But Kim was more than that. She was like a very, and, and she always is, like a very positive uh, person. And, you know, I can be like in my mind, oh, this is, you know, this person's late, this is happening, this is terrible. And she's always got like a positive spin on it. So, you know, I feel like both of them really, um, have made mystery meets possible. Um, and, wow. and you know, I, I, I think I'm very thankful for that. So that's pretty positive. Yeah. But, um, but. <laughs> I mean, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, persistent one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, having said that, I'm going to ask both of you, um, Kim, we'll start with you this time. So, how is it that you come to be involved in Mystery Meets? Like, what's your perspective of what made you join? Well, um, the, you know, education is going through changes. And when I first uh, came to this part of Kentucky, you know, um, my job was preparing students to go into the profession and or go into graduate school because uh, I work at a university. And um, 
in my most recent meeting with the administrators, they were saying, well, what we want to see is students being able to get jobs. And I thought, okay, but this is a tough area for somebody to, and it's tough anyway to leave an undergraduate program and just, you know, automatically go into full-time work. There's usually years of having to uh, do different things and do temporary work and really just try to make ends meet. So when this opportunity came along, I thought, well, I can't, um, you know, a lot of our students, they love Kentucky. They're from Kentucky. They don't want to leave and they shouldn't have to leave. I don't think that people should have to leave southeastern Kentucky or Appalachia to do theater or even move to Lexington or Louisville. Um, that we can do theater here, and I would like to see a more professional theater in this part of the state. And I thought, well, I can't expect that to happen and then not be part of it. So when this opportunity came forward, I thought, okay, this is, you know, God or, you know, or maybe just <laughs> Miss Cat saying, you know, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Wow. See, I didn't even know that part, but I like it. Um, so thanks, you know, God, universe, whoever you want to insert there, Ms. Katz. I like that part. Um, so Brooke, the same question for you. How did you get involved and what made you say yes? Well, I'm a very much a uh, jump with both feet in kind of person. So uh, at at the invitation, I was a resounding yes. And then I remember, you know, the, uh, the back and forth and stuff. And if you'll remember, my advice was always to just say, invite them to the show and let's see, <laughs> you know, like, just come on, it's going to be great. And I knew it was going to be, and it was. But answering the question of how this all came about, I was trying to uh, look through some of my old messages because but you and I have messaged each other so much now, it's hard to go back so far. But I think it was like 2019 that um, I was like, oh, wouldn't it just be so great? We've really, 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 like you said, like got to figure out something here with this uh, mystery dinner theater, yada, yada, yada. And um and then, like you said, a couple of years go by, and it's this big invitation, and it was like, I was, yes, 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 all caps, exclamation points, for sure. So, I, I was in at, at go, and I was going to stick it out no matter what the, you know, what happened, and um, and I'm glad I did. I think we we did something to really be proud of. Well, well, I'm glad you did. You did a great job. Well, thanks. Those of you. And yes, you were like a, uh, a godsend. It was kismet. It was fate. It was the great spirit or perhaps the persistent one. The persistent that, one. <laughs> <laughs> that got you. You know, I'm so glad you joined our cast, Kim. It, you know, it just absolutely wouldn't have been the same without you. Well, um, I'll ask both of you again, and Brooke will start with you. Uh, so after you said yes, 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 um, what did you think that this experience was going to be like before and then, you know, after 
um, how did that adjust or did it? Was it just exactly like you thought or? Well, <laughs> I kind of hate to say yes, but yes, I, I knew that any project that you were attached to was going to be quality. And I have, you know, truly done theater in this area since I was a little girl, at least on and off. And even a, even a dinner theater, I, I knew that if we built it, they would come. And, um, and they did. And we did. And <laughs> so, um, I mean, of course, were there some surprises along the way? Yes. Did I meet some people that I just ended up, you know, falling in love with? Yes. But that's kind of what happens when you're backstage. There's nothing to do but talk and bond. So I made, you know... It, being middle-aged, it's not always easy to make new friends uh, other than like, oh, well, your kid is in the same class as my kid. I guess we're friends now. Uh, but, um, you know, I met some people that I didn't know before that I was really, uh, you know, happy to meet. And, and I knew it was going to be something very special, and it was. And Kim, the same for you. What did you expect, and then what was it like looking back? Well, uh, I guess my involvement was a little bit different because I kept thinking, okay, I'll read this script, and I'll give them some feedback. And then it was, um, you know, which was, I, I didn't see a problem with the script, but I, I could see how people who are looking to be angry could use this as a reason to be angry. Um so then it was, well, we like your idea. Can you take 48 hours and give us a new draft? And it was like, okay, well, I can do that. <laughs> and then it was, will you play this role? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I think after that first rehearsal, when I finally got to meet people and I realized that they, this isn't a bunch of angry people. They're really creative and fun and, you know, they want to do theater. And then I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good thing. And it was. Well, uh, you know, I think those are both exciting um, accounts. Matt, what do you think? Because I'm sure you didn't know that that was their uh, motivation or thoughts going into this. Yeah, I, I, I did not. Um, you know, I, I haven't really talked to any of the cast, but uh, other than, you know, through the podcast that we did last time. Um, so I guess I, I want to know, and probably a lot of people out there want to know, is um, what's the downside of doing this? <laughs> Kim, we'll start with you. The downside of doing this is you're working with adults who have full-time jobs yeah. and families. And so, you know, getting, even with our second show, we reduced the number of cast members to try to, uh, avoid any scheduling conflicts and we still haven't done that yeah. so it's just a matter of getting everybody in the same space because it's theater you still even if it's improv some of it you have to rehearse right and so the downside is really just the scheduling which i will go back to my point that if if we had a more professional theater where people could call it their day job someday yeah um we could avoid that what about you brooke uh, I agree. Yeah, um, it, it was 
you know, dealing with, I, I, uh, I'm not one of those teachers with a God complex, but you know, kind of what I say pretty much goes if you're, and especially when it's like, um, time for, uh, the, the show in the spring, then kids know that they need to be at rehearsal and their parents Mm -hmm. get them there. And, you know, it's just like the thing, that's just, what do you do? And, um, even as someone who was yes, 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 exclamation point, um, I had challenges too, like carving out some some time with this. But, you know, like what, what did Benjamin Franklin say? Like if you're going to have something done, like either do it yourself or ask a busy person. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But, <laughs> you know, like, uh, um, you know it, you do what's important to you and you find time for what's important to you. And I think that everything kind of, uh, came together. Would it be great to have um, a professional theater around here where that's your day job? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we do have some very talented and artistic people all around this area. Yes, and, yes. Uh, you know, it, and, and whether it's a, a hobby or your day job, um, you know, it's it, it was a quality show. Um, but, you know, and, and it did, you know, after the run was over, I was tired. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot of energy to put on a good show, and it takes a lot of energy to put on the next one, and it takes that much more to put on the one after that. So, right, you know, and then, and then my, you have and then you have Cat, who's like pushing everybody. So, one, <laughs> <laughs> the persistent one. <laughs> that might have to be the title of today's. Uh, yes. Matt, yes. that, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a great one. So what do you all say to people that will say, okay, you know, what you're doing is cute, but it's not really like serious theater. It's, um, you know, it's like less than because it's um, the type that it is. Uh, do you agree with that or disagree with that i would say if somebody says i'm like cute i would say isn't it though (laughs) (laughs) entertaining it's it's joyful and fun and uh who cares (laughs) what like everybody if you're looking to uh not like something or if you're looking to uh be aggravated at something or offended at something you're gonna find it but if you go with a you know clear eyes and a full heart uh, a la Friday Night Lights, then, uh, you know, you're going to have a big time, whether we're pros or not. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, and I know we, we've talked about this, it's, uh, right now it's growing an audience and reaching out to people, and we want them to come and leave and say that they had a good time and tell their friends about it and just build that sense of community. And, you know, whether you're doing a show that is not serious theater, you know, you still have to <laughs> use the same skill set. You've got to show up, have your lines memorized, know your costume, know your know who you are interacting with, play it to the audience. You're using the same skills. And if you're reaching, you know, a few hundred people doing a murder mystery comedy thing, um, isn't that better than doing something that's so serious that only three people come to watch you and that's just because they're your friends and you sort of made them have to. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, 
what are the advantages and, um, you know, even the challenges, we'll say, of going from venue to venue and not really getting to spend very much time before you perform in that venue? Um, Kim, we'll start with you. Oh, <laughs> hey, good. Because... Uh, um... <laughs> Because uh, it's an easy question, and if Brooke took my answer, I wouldn't know what to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, the space, uh, because every space is different, and there's different acoustics, and um, just taking what we want to do, because we have to meet at certain places or avoid meeting at certain places in the script, um, and making sure that we can make that happen and keep the flow of the show, keep the tempo of the show the way that we want to keep the tempo of the show. So I think that that would be the challenge. And then, you know, the, the joy of it is knowing that you're in different places and seeing that people are having fun and realizing it's not just because they're your friends or you're the people from your church, but they're coming and they're, ha they're enjoying the show. So... That's right. what I would say. Yeah. What would you say? Did Kim steal your answers? Or... Well, I mean, I think we're, uh, I'm smelling what she's stepping in here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's the the good part is that it's fun. It's, it's fun to, to share a, a fun show with everybody. And the challenge is, yes, of course, uh, Every crowd is different. Uh, sometimes it's on a, a Friday night and, mm -hmm. and everybody's worked all week. And sometimes it's on a Sunday afternoon and uh, everybody's ready for a nap. And, you know, like there are all, <laughs> all kinds of challenges. It, the challenges don't stop. But I do think that, um, you know, getting the win out of uh, the challenges, overcoming them and still getting those laughs and, uh, hitting your mark and hopefully and uh, <laughs> and not running into somebody you're not supposed to see yet then you know mm. just having a big time I think it all it all makes it worth it well let's talk about the characters that you played a little bit so Brooke um, your character was quite interesting and in fact in a lot of polls that we've done uh, Charlotte is the favorite so uh, what is it that made that character interesting to you? Well, I think Charlotte is one of those girls uh, that you love to hate. <laughs> and that everybody sort of knows one of those. But she is um, a little bit of a man-eater. Uh, she's got, uh, you know, the bigger the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> and she loves, uh, loves to spill some tea. And she was very, very fun to play. And uh, and I really credit a, a good script with that. Like, it was fun to create, to, to bring this character to life from the page because she was written really well. Well, I will have to say, when, when Brooke auditioned, it, it was a video audition, and it was as if Charlotte had, like, <laughs> physical form from my mind um you know i could not see another charlotte after that point um so it's just exactly brooke brought her to life the way i thought in my head that she would be 
uh, and was hilarious. She really was very hilarious, and I can see why the crowd loved her. Now, Kim's character, on the other hand, I had no idea. Uh, I knew Kim was going to help us save the show and the script, and I knew it was going to, you know, it had to go through a fairly major change there. Um, but I had no idea that her character was going to be as the reveal. So, Kim, <laughs> I'll let you um, spill that part. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, um, uh, Brooke, Miss Cat sent that video, your audition, to me to <laughs> encourage me to join the cast. Because she's like, look, at this is the talent we're working with. <laughs> I was like, oh, I hope I can match this. Um, so... Well, you well, I... <laughs> yeah. So when I was looking at the, the script that was sent to me and I recognized, you know, what people were seeing as problems. Uh, and I thought, you know, at that point, I'm just okay. I need to give feedback. And I thought, well, what's important about high school? And for me, it was really the friendships. And I'm still very close to um, you know, the, the people that I was friends in high school with. And so that's one of the things that I wanted to emphasize, which I wasn't seeing yet in the script. I mean, all these people are friends and they know each other, but you kind of get the feeling that if it weren't for the reunion, they maybe wouldn't cross paths. Uh, so I made um, the, the two characters um, old friends dear friends, the kind who can go months without talking and then pick it up again. Um, the person you just, that you're going to be best friends all your life. Um, and then I, you know, there's a lot of headlines and a lot of news stories about do the governments in the world actually have proof that there are aliens from another planet and, um, you know, are we about to learn that we're not alone in the universe? So I just thought, well, what what if one of these people were an alien from outer space and that they were here <laughs> to study Earth? And I was like, well, that's I actually kind of thought it wasn't going to fly. But then I got thinking about all the things that we've been worried about, like Y2K and um, asteroids hitting Earth and stuff. And so I thought so that's where I went with that is um uh good friends and the one friend uh is a believer in ufos but maybe feels a little bit on the edges of society on the margins of society and then her good friend is actually the person who's going to prove everything that she believes true which i think is a good definition of friendship well, it did seem like people really bought into that friendship element. Uh, I heard lots of comments about that, um, and that was a really touching moment for many people, you know, uh, to take away from, like, all the comedy and all the, you know, other reveals. But even though she turned out to be an alien, um, it was the friendship that made like, it seemed believable, I think, to people. Like, of all these other things, like, that are so over the top, um, we were able to make people believe, like, okay, yeah, you know, somebody at your high school could have been an alien and <laughs> your best friend or whatever. I think it boils down to loyalty. You know, you two, your, your character and 
Christine's character were the two that remained the most loyal to each other throughout the whole uh, show, you know? Um, yeah, and she was so easy to work with. I mean, it was... And your all's chemistry, it was very believable. And friends like that are very hard to come by. And, you know... Yeah, uh, it, they are. They are. So, so it was really, really fun to watch. You know, and honestly, it was also a very convenient way to end the show. Um, because I think one of the challenges, at least, that we found with doing a mobile dinner theater is how to drop the breadcrumbs so the audience knows now it's time to eat or now I need to pay attention, now I need to participate, um, you know, and I didn't want the audience to sit there wondering, okay, is it time to go? Should I stand up? <laughs> is the spaceship coming for us? Right, is the spaceship coming for us? So it just seemed to fulfill many needs. Well, uh, I think it was a really, a really nice ending and um, the writing process, which we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, but I, I guess, um, of the things that, that happen in all the shows, um, Brooke, do you, what's the most memorable moment for you? And it could be because something went wrong or audience member or, you know, just for you personally, what, what sticks out as oh. the, Okay, what really, the, 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 my true gut reaction to that question was the Barberville show, <laughs> and it was this, just my buddy, I can't remember, I can't think of his name right now, but there was this uh, uh, guy who was right there in the front row, and, and at, some, at one point, my character asked for some audience interaction, and um you know, it was like what you know, what just happened here? And he just told the whole plot in, you know, just a few <laughs> words. That was great. <laughs> you know, like he was paying attention, like, never mind the chicken <laughs> dumplings and, you know, all the good food. Like it was uh that was uh fantastic. And then uh he goes, I knew you were gonna be a news reporter as soon as I saw you with that big head of hair. <laughs> you know? And then the second thing was when I, like, had to play this character in front of a former student of mine who had grown up. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough to start uh, running into uh, students, you know, like, at, uh, on Friday nights at a, you know, at a show or a bar or something like that, but... Uh, Playing Charlotte in front of one of my favorite former students <laughs> was also a, a memorable moment. I could see that. It must... <laughs> um, Kim, what about you? What sticks out? You know, it was it was also that Barberville show, and um, I remember the moment that Brooke was talking about because we had to speak next, and we were actually just standing there and letting you know this guy just recounted the whole show, but before. <laughs> The show got started um, towards the back in the second row. There was a table of women. It was all women at the table. And um, I just went up to them and said, oh, the entire cheerleading squad made it. It's so good to see everybody. You all look great. And I said, do you guys remember any of your cheers? 
And this one woman tapped on my arm and she said, I have a cheer. And it was, she did a cheer and I know it was a good cheer, but I can't remember exactly what she said because I was caught off guard that they just jumped right in and went along with what, you know, what I was offering them. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Well, I do think there, so when we talked about advantages, I definitely think this is an advantage that you don't get with a more, um, you know, typical theater, like of what people think theater is. You don't get that chance to actually be out interacting with the audience and have them be an active participant. Um, you know, they may be active mentally absorbing it and giving you applause or laughs or that kind of feedback, but not in the same way that you're able to go out and someone feels comfortable enough to do a cheer for you right. or, you know, whatever the case. Like I'm thinking of the Harlan show where um, Debbie was the principal in the beginning and she had the paddle and she called up these three random guys and they were supposed to be, you know, troublemaker guys that spent a lot of time when they were in high school in the principal's office. And so she says, you know, she's figured it out after 30 years that it was because they had a crush on her. So, you know, uh, she's, they all take it pretty well and they go sit back down and, you know, you think like, that's their part um you know they've come up there they've uh, been the like joke i guess you could say of being the bad guys but then when we have the dance floor scene and debbie's like being the principal walking around that paddle while everybody's dancing you know one of the the bad boys comes up and asks her to dance yes and that, that was so sweet that was a sweet moment because, again, that is the audience becoming, you know, that character. Like, they are, they're interacting as, as a part of the class of 82. Um, and I just, you know, moments like that, you don't get that from, like, typical theater. Um, you might get feedback after and people say, I love this or whatever. But you don't get that moment of bonding. Um and, you know, the photographs and video captured a lot of moments like that where different cast members were really, um, like, I don't know, having moments um, with audience. I, I do have to say that, you know, Charlotte had some great lines. You know, I, I really I like her, her arc. <laughs> but the, my favorite part of the show was carrying on with, audience because they would just you know because it was set at a high school reunion and we were all supposed to to know each other you know you would see some two people there sitting together and you could be like you two are still together oh my goodness like lord you have not the patience of joe (laughs) you know it was so fun and they would carry right on right back like well yeah you know i know like, well, the Lord gives you what you need, you know what I mean? And they were just, every show, there was somebody super fun that, uh, but the guy from Barberville really did take the cake, in my opinion, but that, that tip, carrying on, the audience interaction was my favorite, favorite part. 
But, you know, even somebody like Adam, who doesn't have a line until the very end of the play, he just sort of he plays somebody who's just lurking about. And the <laughs> audience were responding to him as well and watching him and taking enjoyment in the fact that he wasn't interacting with anyone. <laughs> so, you know, it was happening on all these different levels. Well, I'll say my we did that here in Harlan. That is one of the funniest moments. Too. because he was so like monotone like <laughs> trying to spell out the words but he was so funny just because it was his character doing it mm-hmm. um, so my friend is a man uh, is also a man of few words and uh, Adam Adam's character was his favorite <laughs> out of all of them <laughs> <laughs> that's who he connected with like I like the guy over there in the black. That back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, do you think that the group accomplished the things that it set out to with the now that the first show has ended um, with a successful run? How do you feel now? I think uh, we had a big time. We got a lot of laughs. We made some new friends. Um, hopefully we made a little money, you know? I mean, like, that's, uh, what else is there? I think it was a success. Yeah, I think I think the fact that, um, again, persistence, um, and we did a full run of shows, and, you know, two in Corbin and London and Harlan and Barberville, and we're going to try to expand on that as, you know, as time allows and people's resources allow. Yeah, definitely. I think we brought something different uh, to the area. Not, and not just our area. I don't know of many areas that are doing something like this. So, uh, yeah, I think it was it was a lot of fun. And like Brooke said, made new friends. Um, it was a good time. And that's always a win. I think we certainly gave people something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And a positive thing to talk about. A positive yeah. thing to talk about. Well, so we're going now into the second show. And I think one of the things that people should understand about this is that, you know, these shows, like, you're ending one show and the other show has to be written and ready to, you know, begin rehearsal because in a month um, you're back out with a new show. Kim, what is the writing process like under those constraints of time? Um, for me, it's very useful uh, because when you all asked me, said, can you give us a different version of the script in 48 hours? I'll be honest, I procrastinated for 24 and probably kicked my feet for a couple hours <laughs> and then I, you know, sat down and did it. And so I find it to be very productive. Um, especially if we know that, okay, in these three weeks, this is our writing period as we're closing down the one show. And then you got a little bit of a break from writing while you're rehearsing and learning lines for the next show. And then, you know, you get the next show open and we haven't done this sequence yet, but then I'm hoping there's, you know, a little bit of a break where we've got the second show under our belts and we're out performing and then we're going to start um, I think, um, you know, I think the third show's already been started, or at least some ideas are floating around. Right. So, 
Yeah, because you're always like a step ahead, really, to make this work. Um, you always have to be thinking the next show. Right. Uh, Matt, what do you think in, in those terms? Oh, well, I mean, having written a bunch of plays, um, I know it's not easy to come up with ideas and get them on paper um, in a, you know, in a short amount of time so I really credit you with that um what is this new one about I mean I know it's the Halloween show I guess yes it is uh um we are continuing with the characters of Howard and Terry they were very popular mm -hmm. with um from the first show and they have bought a new house which is an old house it's a his sort of historic Victorian home and um, they discovered that it has ghosts and the ghosts discovered that they have people now. <laughs> so there's sort of a battle of wills over who gets the house. Ah, I see. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And are you playing a character in this one? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm playing uh, Carla, the realtor. Okay. Um, and she's basically the the character who can sort of bridge ideas between the people and the ghosts mm. uh, we're also bringing back uh the character of venus from the first show she is a psychic right um yeah. so we have a way of communicating with the ghosts cool brooke are you in this one no boo oh well <laughs> hold on before you boo <laughs> no, I'm not in this one, but I am very proud to say that my daughter, mm -hmm. who, uh, you know, just really um, was taken in by the show and everybody and the cast really just made her feel like a part of everything. She is doing the tech. So I'm sort of in the show. I'm, I'm, I'm show adjacent. <laughs> I have to jump in and say that your daughter did such an excellent job. Yeah. Yes. I think I shared with you before the London show because we thought you were going to miss that. I thought you were going to miss that performance. And I was like, okay, we can find another Charlotte because she's so over the top. But what are we going to do without our daughter? Because <laughs> your daughter just jumps in. Something needs to be done. And she does it. She's just like, oh, well, set up the tables. Well, you know, so I am delighted that um, at least someone from your family is continuing on. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Brooke, what's your daughter's name and how old is she? Her name is Scarlett and she is 10, okay. but she is, um, she's very mature and she's very level-headed. She's super practical. Uh, you know, we're mom's build character. <laughs> she you... is amazing. She really is. Cool. Everyone what... loves Scarlett. What do you think of her getting involved in theater at 10 years old? I love it. I couldn't be more proud. All right. All right, Kat. Um, we're at 47 minutes, so do you want to keep going, ladies? Okay. So I have just a, you know, a few more questions. Um, Only a few I'll, more. <laughs> you have more before I... Go ahead, Kat. Okay. All right. Um, so have um, both of you, have you been to your 30th? year high school reunion no 
Uh, I have not been to any of my high school reunions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we get to live vicariously. Uh, yes. Yes. Through our characters. Okay, and so, uh, Kim, did, were you saying yes, you have been to yours, or? No, I have not been, I haven't been to any of them. Okay, so neither of you have been, but now you feel like, and uh, did you get a sense of, like, you felt like, at least for the show, that you were a part of the class of 82? I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, my last question, well, I have two last questions. Um, will your character return, Brooke? Uh, I think that's a pressing question. People want to know about Charlotte and also, you know, Anita and Teresa. Like, you know, how many of these characters do you think are coming back at some point? I guess that's up to you, boss. <laughs> well, you know, I have you back already, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> but definitely, you know, I, I want you in the Valentine's episode <laughs> and Christmas. But you know, are do you like do you feel attached enough to Charlotte that you want that character to come back at some point? Yes, but as a thespian, I don't want to be. You know. <laughs> Uh, and Charlotte, Charlotte's still around. She's she's looking for that uh, special someone, and maybe she'll find. <laughs> uh, and Tim, what's it like playing uh, a different character this time? I mean, would you have liked your character to come back? Because certainly, an alien probably would fit into this. Um, you know, Howard and Terry scenario you know i i i think she would um i think anita would fit in and i would certainly love to work with um christina again but there's also this part of me that's like what else can we do what more can we do how can we expand this circle of people and faces and you know more involvement so i don't know if we will see anita again I imagine she has ways of checking in um, with people on Earth, you know, um, and, and can do that. I, I'm really excited to see what more we can do. And I do hope we see Charlotte again because the whole, um, I'm not one to gossip, but I think that's <laughs> all of us. <laughs> mm, and, funny. you know, uh, we did have Mary and Adam um, back in this play playing different characters mm -hmm. and both uh, really interesting um, you know a big change from their other character definitely definitely um, I think my only concern is sometimes I feel like I'm delivering the lines as Anita you know there's the having to drop one character and, and create the fresh one so but I um, I like that we're bringing some of the you know the bigger personalities back um but i'm also uh i don't want people to feel like they are stuck or are you know that's the only thing that they can offer right um just so you know the idea of bringing those characters back was actually mine was it <laughs> excellent it was <laughs> he 
said well, you're the great vibe. You, boss. <laughs> um, well, they're such great characters. They're a great team. Yeah. And I think they really resonate with the audience. So do you think I, do you think at some point you'll do something a little more serious, or you know maybe in a you know more serious vein? Do you think it would have the same like uh, I don't know the same connection with the audience if you did? We can make them cry for sure. My <laughs> pet. <laughs> 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 We'll get like Kleenex as a sponsor or something. <laughs> there you <like> go. <laughs> well, I have an answer to that. Like, okay, so once upon a time, I was in the Crucible and I was Mary Warren, and I was like, oh yeah, finally a dramatic role I can sink my teeth into. And all I did was ball the whole time and look <laughs> at the sky. So I think there's really something to be said to making people laugh and, and bringing joy uh you know there we all love betty davis and we all love like the real you know the very talented serious actresses but let's not forget the carol lombards and you yeah. know just Lucy all Wall, comedy. Yeah. you know com- comedy is harder com- i think comedy is harder than you it's, and it's harder to write a comedic play, I would think, than it is to write something a little more serious because you never know how people are going to perceive your jokes. Right. Oh, there's nothing more gut wrenching than taking a beat uh, for a laugh that doesn't come. Yeah. <laughs> By writing a great joke in a script and the actors don't get it. Right. And you're yeah. like, oh no, I'm the only one who thought this was funny. It was funny to me, damn it. <laughs> Wait a minute. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> to go back to your question, I'd like to see this dinner theater keep doing comedy and keep doing these kinds of shows where people can come out on a Saturday night and, you know, have a good meal and have some laughs and make some connections. And then again, you know, if it if there are offshoots, if maybe there's a children's mm-hmm. theater or there's something that's maybe um uh you know maybe we do a traveling shakespeare company at some point i mean that may be rather ambitious but yeah. i think i think our the, the foundation is good and we need to stick to our roots so i just wanted to uh give a shout out to michael um yeah yes. i know he did some writing on both of these plays and uh just wanted to mention that fact and he came and supported us also. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would have, but I'm uh, 900 miles away, so maybe <laughs> maybe this show I'll get down there. Well, Anita travels to the Halloween. Make that. What's that, Kat? You might make it to see the Halloween one. Possibly. That's right. It's possible I might. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, coming up on an hour, so Cat. Uh, Last words? Well, I, I think, uh, Kim and Brooke, I think you should have the last words to whatever you'd like to uh, say to, you know, end the, the, I'm calling this Mystery Meets 2.0. Uh, <laughs> the persistent so, one. <laughs> well, you still, I was going to say persistence. That was going to be my last <laughs> <one>. <laughs> 
yes. Well, yes, that will be the title because Matt is the title master. So he's <laughs> to decide on the title. But Persistence 2.0. There you go. <laughs> well, I will say that doing this interview, it's like doing the reveal. I wasn't sure what I was getting into, but I've had a great time. So grateful that um, I've been part of all this and, and meeting the people that I've met. And it's just been a great experience. And I hope our audiences feel the same. So thank you. Oh, anytime. Bye. Anytime. All right. Uh, so on that note, I just want to say thank you to all of you uh, for coming by and sharing your thoughts on this. And uh, I wish you all uh, lots of success. And uh, looking forward to getting down there and checking out one of the shows. Great. Thank you. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kat. You still there? I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Or uh, did you try to get rid of it? Stop hanging up first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit. I'm going to hit end right now. <laughs> As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to Kat at IWritePlays at Outlook.com or you can write to me at BackstorySessions at Gmail.com or Matt at Level11Ventures.com. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.